Welcome to our virtual book club, Bookish with two Ks. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Kendra. More than just a virtual book club, Bookish is a place where books are better than movies, reading under the covers with a flashlight is a shared childhood memory, and FYPs are full of book wrecks. Every month, we devote one episode to a specific book selected by our book club, and one mini-sode made up of topical bookish conversations. Whether it's listening to our podcast or chatting with us on our community pages, Bookish is a home where book lovers can connect, fangirl, and discuss their mutual obsessions. So kick up your feet, grab a good book, and join the club. Happy New Year! (laughs) Crazy. I know. Doesn't feel like a real year. No, 2023. What's in store? Doesn't exist. That's not a number that I can comprehend in my brain. Oh, I like your Christmas mug. Thank you. Christmas is still thriving in my household. I love it. When do you take down your Christmas decor? My goal is early this month. So not just the end of January, but like mid-January, it should all be done. That's fair. Our tree comes down pretty quick because it's real. So it dies. (laughs) I don't have that much Christmas decor, to be honest. So it kind of goes up and down pretty quickly. Yeah, everything comes down quickly. So it'll be in boxes and probably the garage. So it's kind of down. It's just not put away. Yeah. Well, we've had our Christmas decor boxes in our garage for the last, what, two months. So that drives me crazy. (laughs) It will go away. Anyway, it's a new year. Can't believe it. It's crazy. So we want to do a little Spotify wrapped bookish edition, if you will, of our top books for 2022. So, no, it's super fun, especially because I'm a full on Spotify girly. I know that there are some Apple Music people, but it just is not me. Well, they started they started one this last year. I think it's called Apple Replay or Rewind or something like that. It's just not as fun. Sorry, Did you see all of the fun Be Real wrapped, like the recaps? Those were fun. Oh, like that people have made? Be Real makes them. No. Yes. Be Real didn't tell me about mine. It, you had to update the app and it's in the section. And I was in a queue. I was like 15,000 in line or something like that. Oh. I had to wait a whole night for them to do it. Oh, I just <laughs> thought people were doing it, like making a TikTok out of it. No, you go into the settings and they'll make it for you. Fun. I have to go do that. So speaking of our wrapped, let's wrap our books. Okay. I thought we could work one at a time. So like you would do five, your number five, and I would do my number five. And then you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. My number five of this year is In the Weeds by BK Borison, which is one of those three books in the Love Light Farms universe. I know you didn't love Love Light Farms. This one, however, I think I just read it at the right time for me personally, because it she's an influencer, a social media influencer who is like trying to find what makes her happy again, like doing a career change. I'm like, that felt very relatable for me. So yeah, that book hit me in the right spot when I read it. When did you read it? Like summer 2022. Yeah. I had difficulty remembering when I read some of these. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I read quite a few books this year. Well, I'm really glad that I did. I started this at the beginning of the year. I made an Instagram highlight for books that I've read, but I wish it would give you the date on them because it says like 16 weeks ago. I'm like, I don't know when I don't want to do the math. (laughs) That was helpful for me to look back and go, what did I read this year? And Goodreads, of course, but. Okay, so my number five was We Were Never Here by Andrea Bartz, which was super fun. Have you read it? Oh, I haven't even heard of it, I don't think. Really? It was pretty good. 
Uh, I really liked the suspense of it all. There were some times that it felt long winded, Mm -hmm. but overall it was super suspenseful and enjoyable. I read it with my in-person book club. Are most of your top five book club books? Three of the five are book club. Ah, nice. Yeah. Fun. Okay. Um, number four for me is another romance is book lovers by Emily Henry, which I gifted you. It's really cute. It's so silly to say it's a book for book lovers, but it is because it makes, it kind of pokes fun at the common romance tropes and like typical romance book things. And so it was really cute. Every time you talk about them, I get the reminder. I need to read this book. (laughs) Gosh, darn it. 2023 new year, new me. Okay. My number four is the maidens, which is also another book club book I read. And I I'm going to do my best to pronounce this author's name, but it's Alex Michael Lydis. I know who you're talking about. I always just skip over his last name in my brain. So yeah, this is by Alex M. Let's call it M-I-C-H-A-E-L-I-D-E-S. But they also wrote similar type of series like you described with Love Light, where they're building a world of a lot of characters that overlap. So The Maidens is also similar to The Silent Patient. I read The Silent Patient. There is some overlap there. Interesting. Yeah. So it's not plot driven, the crossover at all. It's just a development of the same world that both books take place in. I haven't read The Silent Patient yet, but it's on my TBR list. But The Maidens was good. It also had some manners of suspense incorporated as well. But it had a few more gotcha moments than we were never here as I was pulling my list together I realized how much I like thrillers and suspense because that was also my recommendation to you so I think yeah. that that's my favorite type of genre but I like the maidens just a little bit more than we were never here and the storyline a little bit but super good if you haven't read it definitely recommend okay that's interesting I think I will try it I did read the silent patient by the same author and I have mixed feelings. So I would, I'll be curious to hear your thoughts. Maybe we do it later as a bookish club book. Yeah, absolutely. The maidens for me had enough of a mystery to it where the author played it really like close to their vest. Whereas the book that I recommended to you for your blind date, it gave you avenues to go down guessing. Whereas the maidens, it just had much more mystery. So there wasn't much for you to go on you were a little bit just along it, just guessing as you go, but there was nothing to go off of. So it was fun. Hmm. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Was that three? Was that four? Four. Oh, I did my four. Okay. So my number three for the year was The House on the Cerulean Sea by TJ Klune. That was recommended to me by my sister. I listened to the audiobook mostly and then finished it up on my Kindle. That was like the most heartwarming, like precious book that I've read this year. I just felt like the book gave me a hug. I was like, I love every character in this book. I want to just wrap everybody up and put them in my pocket. It was precious. I loved it. I don't read that many like purely happy, feel good books. Like there wasn't like this giant plot or like overall mystery or anything like that. It was just feel good. I love that. That must've been earlier in the year because we didn't talk about it. No, it was actually just a few months ago. Um, it was kind of like a back burner. I was reading a few other things at the time. I must've just not brought it up, but yeah, it was really good. Top, top read for me this year. Oh, I love that. So 
really juxtaposed here for my number three. I don't know if you've read this, but it's the screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis. Yes. I haven't read it since high school, but yeah. Very different from the book you just described. <laughs> Not feel good. <laughs> Not feel good at all. Just for some context, if you, if anyone else in our book club hasn't read it, it's all fictitious, obviously, but it's just these letters hypothetically written from an uncle demon's perspective to the nephew demon in like training. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that as humans, we get this sneak peek into this. Again, I want to emphasize this, this fiction story. However, it's this idea of how demons are always trying to mess with our lives and just creative ways that they can potentially come after you to be discouraging and how to impact your life, even in the most inconvenient, inconspicuous ways. So I definitely recommend if you can read it from that perspective of like, this is fiction and it's just really something to read, to consider, not as this is actually what's taking place. It's not to like freak you out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fiction. It's not actually what's happening. And sometimes bad things just happen to you for no reason. So not every single time something bad happens, it's someone coming after you at all, but it's, it's super, yeah, it really makes you think. And what was super special for me this year, this is the third time I've read it. I volunteer with a group of high schoolers and they read it with me. And so I got to meet with them for 12 weeks in a row and I had dinner with them and we discussed the chapter, did our own like internal book club, but I got to hang out with them and have dinner like three hours every week and just hang out with them and talk about really thoughtful things and how they were approaching your life in high school and things that are hard for them. And yeah, it was just super meaningful. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, number three. I should read that again. It's been a long time, but it's really good. I actually got to do that as a play when I was in high school and I played Wormwood. Did it you actually? I did. It was so cool. What were the costumes like for that? So I had this like crazy makeup and this like big black wig. My mom made this costume. My mom's a costumer. She made this costume that was like, it looked like as if something with like sharp claws on a rag, you know what I'm talking about? And I had just like draped rags basically all over and then like all black leggings and stuff. It was so fascinating because I was basically just as Wormwood, if you've read the book, you understand who that is, was like creeping around the main characters, living their lives, doing their thing. And I'm just like there. And they, the fun part is they had to ignore me. And I'm like literally up in their face. It was very like animalistic. I was never standing upright at any point. I was always like crawling or rolling or like doing some sort of like acrobatic way to get across the stage. And people, it's so funny. My mom tells this story. People were like, I thought Caitlin was in the show. They'd come up after after the show and go, I thought Caitlin was in the show. And then they'd be like, oh my God, that was her. Because I was like unrecognizable with my makeup. But that was a really powerful show to just depict visually the kinds of scenarios that they describe in that book. Yeah, absolutely. It hurts my back thinking about the ways you probably crossed the stage. And I'm only 26, but like <laughs> just thinking about moving that way for multiple show runs. Oh my god. Oh yeah. I also dislocated both of my kneecaps when I did that show. And I didn't know until a few weeks later. And I was like, I like I was sore throughout the whole run. And I was just like, hey, I'm sore. I'm not I'm moving my body in a normal way. But I was at school and I was like, okay, my knees like still really hurt and it's been weeks. And then I went to the chiropractor. She's like, oh yeah, your knees are like not on track at all. I was like, oh awesome. Perfect. I know you love your knee injuries. <laughs> 
I know. I couldn't fathom not knowing. And then I realized like, oh yeah, people can dislocate the knees without their patella swinging around their leg. Cause that one was a pretty obvious, Hey, something's wrong here. Your, your, patella. <laughs> your patella is on the back of your leg. Yeah, no, mine were just slightly off track, which was uncomfortable. So I can't, I'm remember. sure, I'm sure it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> so anyway, that was my screw tape letters experience. So good. You really should read it. If you, if you guys haven't read it, you should. It's super thought provoking. Yeah. Uh, we're getting to it. The final one and two. What's your number two? The final two. And this, I kind of went back and forth on where to place this, but I've ended up putting it second is the Rose Code. So good. So good. So, so good. It makes me want to read more historical fiction. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, if you guys want to hear it more in depth than what these next few seconds will be on the Rose Code, <laughs> go listen to our episode. It's super yeah. good. That was one that I immediately like recommended to everyone. When people are like, what book should I read? I'm like, mm, this anyone can enjoy this book. Yeah, it's super good. I think I'm going to spoil something. Uh, not in the book, but I'm going to spoil something just because I think it'll be easier to talk about. I put the Rose Code for me as number one, but I wanted to share a few thoughts for me. So that's actually yeah. it's your number two, but not my number one. But Kate Quinn did an amazing job. For me, this was the highlight of my years reading this specific book because I thought the way I do like historical fiction, specifically, I like World War II historical fiction, but this felt like it was done in a way that was new. It was fresh. I liked all of the characters. Again, I could just go on and on, but super good. It was, yeah. Can't say enough good things about that book. Yeah. So what was your number one? My number one is actually a series, which... I don't know if that like doesn't count, but the, <laughs> the, my number one is the throne of glass series by Sarah J mass. That was just like, absolutely incredible. I read them all on my Kindle and then immediately was like, I need to purchase these books. As soon as I finished the series, I wanted to read it again. Like so good. And Keaton actually bought me the box set for my birthday. And I'm so, so happy because I will be rereading it this year. Yeah. And I'm just so proud of your you're just your adventures and rereading. I'm so proud of you. Couldn't say enough good things. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm getting back I'm getting to rereading. I did finish my Harry Potter reread, um, which was really fun. And then I did a reread for our book club. So I'm I feel like it's a thing that I can do now. I'm so proud of you. The growth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my actual number two is The Taster by V.S. Alexander. And it's actually also a World War II historical fiction. Oh. So, which is right on track. The All of my books were either suspense, thrillers, or historical fiction for World War II. So I have a type. But if you haven't read The Taster, I can't re- recommend it enough. I read it at the beginning of 2022. And it was actually a book that my mom recommended to me. So shout out my mom. And it was about someone that gets forced into this job of being a food, like a taster for Hitler. And so like, as he's trying to be killed and poisoned, all these people have to eat his food and taste it before. And so the main character, anyway, it's her story and it's super cool. so fascinating. Yeah. So it's based on historical events. There are some things that are relevant, but it's not like an actually like, oh, this is the real person that did this thing, whatever. I couldn't tell with that title, the taster, if it was going to be historical or like thriller (laughs) yeah either way right I could go either way that's really interesting it was super super good Hmm. I'm gonna have to add that to my list yeah I can't keep adding to my tbr list like I'm so behind yeah it's January 2nd and I'm behind yeah well 
You have 363 days ahead of you. Great. <laughs> so that's 363 books you can read. Oh, perfect. Oh, if only, if that was my life. Ah, so good. Well, you guys, that's our Spotify wrap. Those are our top books for 2022. Tell us yours or if any of those were in your top five or if any of those we should reread for this club. Super exciting. I absolutely love it. And I liked going back and remembering it all. Like as we were prepping for this episode, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about the taser. That was so good. Yeah. Okay. We did our Spotify wrapped. What should we talk about next? Our stats? How many books and things we've read this year? Absolutely. Not sponsored, but this was super easy for me to do because I used Bookly, the app, made it super easy for my stats. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me what things did it track for you other than like books read? Yeah. So it did total books. It did pages. It did page per minute kind of reading like speeds. It did how many hours total that I read and yeah, pages an hour. Sorry, that was the other one. Oh, okay. I was super exciting, super interesting to like read back on. But one of the things that I noted that I'm not sure this is totally accurate mm-hmm. because it was difficult for me to record all of the audiobooks that I did. And that's where the hours that I read or pages per hour, I'm not sure. Like if I'm doing audio, I think I have to start it at the same time, but then the pages are going to be different because it's audio. So that's the one thing I'm like, oh shoot, I wonder how I'll do that for 2023 a little bit differently, but it was still super exciting. And I did more audiobooks this year than I normally did because with our podcast, it's one of the ways that I can keep on track. So super interesting. Do you listen to your audiobooks on Audible? I do. I wonder if they have some sort of tracking. I yeah. feel like I haven't listened to that many. I think I've listened to like maybe four audiobooks this last year. So it's not like I have a lot of stats to show for it, but. I feel like listening would mess with the pages per hour, not necessarily hours reading because I'm, it would be including hours listening. So that's the same, but the pages per hour, I'm going to get through things faster one way or like it's not one to one. So yeah. I would want to count those or calculate that separately and not combined, but yeah. Yeah. But the first one this year, I read 16 books, which I'm super proud of myself. It was my goal to get actually 18. So I was too shy, but I had a busy year. So I actually thought back in September that I was only going to get to 12 and I ended with 16. So I was actually super excited. That's pretty good. I'm looking at my stats and I felt like I read more than this, but now thinking it like doing the math for the year and like how that tracks to like a book a week or whatever it wasn't a book a week but like maintaining a full-time job and doing this and doing all the things I'm like oh that's actually pretty impressive to have had the time to do that (laughs) um so my I actually read 27 books this year which is quite a few there's a like a couple I read the most books it was fun it told me I read the most books in November I read eight books in November which two of them I can't count. Wait, no. I think just one of them I can't count because I finished it in November, but I had started it like a month before. So I'm like, I didn't read it start to finish in November. I read three Harry Potters that month because I was doing this our Nostalgia November challenge. I reread Atlas Six for our episode. And then I read another book for my in-person book club and then two like little rom-coms, which were like quick little. I The second one I skimmed because I was bored by the end. <laughs> so, but yeah. No, that, 
I was going to say, I bet November was all of the nostalgia November books you were pushing through. So 20, you said 27. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel pretty good about that. There's people on TikTok that are like, I read a hundred books a year. I'm like, girl, that is a lot. I know. That was my thing when I was like, when I set my goal for 18, it's super interesting depending on who you talk to, how that impacts them. Because when I, when I was talking about, I want to do 18 books in 2022, depending on who you talk to, that's, oh my gosh, that's insane. Or if someone else is like, oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay, right. I yeah. saw on book talk, someone had their goal be a hundred and they got it done. Well, and I, I see too, at towards the end of the year, I kept seeing these TikToks of like some quick book under 200 page books you can read to fit your goal. And I'm like, see, I don't want to just like cram them in to meet my goal. Like I want to enjoy them. So that was what I was thinking is how great is it to have the time to read a hundred books, but how many of the hundred did you actually end up liking? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. But of my 16 books, Bookly calculated that it was 6,299 pages, which I thought was interesting. So just shy of 6,300. But again, is that audio? Is that whose book count depending on the style of the book? But yeah, 6,000 pages. I read close to 150 hours. And I don't know how that appears for audiobooks. And I, on average, read about 42 pages an hour. Nice. Goodreads didn't tell me the pages per hour or how many hours they did tell me that I had 11,110 pages. Mm -hmm. That feels like a lot, but also you had, I had like roughly 10 more books than you, but only like 5,000 more pages. So yeah. Depends on the length of the book, I guess. I can't imagine reading a book that was like actually 11,000 pages though. I know the rose code was big. It was like deceptively big. I flew through it, but it was. I did. I did, but it didn't look that big looking at it. It just looked like a normal size book. But I looked at the pages because sometimes I do this when I read is I look because I calculate. I think that I read like 80 pages an hour. And so I I like guesstimate. I'm like, okay, how long till I get to this page or how long do I have left? And so then I calculate by it. So I go to look and see how many pages there are. And it. I was like, oh, there's actually quite a lot, even though this doesn't feel that big. I wouldn't be surprised if you're close to 80 because that's about double what I read. And we've talked about how I'm slow and you're very quick. So that actually tracks your bet you're close to 80. I, I was going to say, I think it's 100. I think I've read 100 pages in an hour, but I think typically it's le- when I'm actually reading at a normal pace. Yeah. I think it's less than that. But yeah. I, should, I need to do Bookly this year. It's not too late to start. <laughs> do it, yeah. And see what it calculates for me. No, you should totally use Bookly. I, again, I can't recommend it enough. You were talking about jumping to the end of the book and I was about to like cut you off. Like you can't do that. And then I I realized what you were saying. Yeah. I I talked to someone and they, before they read the book, will read the last page of the book. What's up with that? I don't understand why people do that. I actually, I was talking to another friend that said that they used to always read the last sentence of a book before they read it. And I'm like, the last sentence isn't always like a big spoiler or anything like that, but it's like, why? And then I, but like you would spend the whole book being like, what is that about? I can't imagine. No. One of my no. friends told me it's like for anxiety purposes, it like helps ease her anxiety. But I feel like if you're going to read a thriller or like a book that is going to be spoiled or has spoilers, like you're going to be anxious anyway. 
That's super interesting because I struggle with anxiety and that one doesn't get me. Actually, my family has a phrase and it's super interesting how it applies to a lot of portions of my life, but it's trust the storyteller. And so it'll be interesting if it was ever me reading a book with my family or watching a, a movie and I was doing the little kid like annoying questions. My parents would always circle back and just say, trust the storyteller. Like if you have these questions, if they're a good storyteller, there's a reason you have these questions. There's a reason the prompting for it. They'll, if it's a good storyteller, they'll get these questions answered for you. And so now it's, you know, with like, like, just like life trajectories, when something comes up, trust the storyteller. So it's like, trust God or, you know, however, like, it's like full circle moment. Which is great. But that was one thing where I was like, when I'm reading a book, I'll get like, I've talked about stress reading where I, you know, we start reading really quickly to get to the next part. But I've never been like, I need to know the end. It's just been always been trust the storyteller. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Life advice with Kendra. <laughs> I should take some of my own advice. All right. What's next? Speaking of top books of 2022, I wanted to, t- I wanted us to talk about the Goodreads 2022 Choice Awards winners, which I thought was really interesting because did you get a notification? I don't know how often you use Goodreads that you could vote for these. No. So they're they're like people's choice awards, if you will. They're like Goodreads viewers' choice awards. So it's not the same as like the Barnes and Noble Book of the Year or the New York Times bestsellers or whatever. So the top fiction book of the year was Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Have you heard or seen this book? Yes, I've heard of it. I think I read the summary a few times for recommendations, even either for my in-person book club or for bookish, mm-hmm. but I don't think I ever picked it. I don't know whatever held me back. It has not jumped out at me either. It has quite mixed reviews. It's, I think the the biggest, I don't want to say controversial because it's not like a bad thing about this book or like it, the biggest thing that people like or dislike about it is I think the main character, it has a lot to do with video games. So like, unless that's like a world that you're interested in, I don't think you enjoy it as much, but I could be totally wrong, but it has had a lot of mixed opinions, but I've seen it everywhere. Interesting. Yeah. I definitely have heard of it. What was the author? Do you remember? Gabrielle Zevin. Hmm. Yeah. The top book for mystery and thriller category was The Maid by Nita Prose, which I've been seeing and it's on my list. Yeah. I'm always down for a good suspense or thriller, but I haven't heard of this one yet. It's like an all red cover with a little keyhole and someone like running away. Oh, wait, hold on. That actually sounds really familiar. Yeah. Okay. So that's the top book for the mystery thriller category. Historical fiction category is actually Carrie Soto is back from, by Taylor Jenkins Reid, hmm. which also has very mixed opinions. So I'm surprised to see that it came out on top. I feel like if you're a Taylor Jenkins Reid fan, you are like diehard Taylor Jenkins Reid fan and you like buy everything that she writes and love, love it. I've read two of her books and I've, I wasn't over the moon about either of them. So I haven't read Carrie Soto's back and I don't really plan to, to be honest. Yeah. I've heard of Carrie, but I don't know. It's not really ever happened for me. Yeah. It's a, she's a tennis star. So it's a historical fiction about, a tennis player, if you are into that at all. Top fantasy book is The House of Sky and Breath by Sarah J. Mass. So that's her new Crescent City series. And that really jumped up 
this year, which I'm surprised because I feel like, I guess, Akatar, it must have been last year. A Court of Thorns and Roses must have been last year because I know that that still has major popularity, but Crescent City is the newest. So, no, so that tracks. Yeah, that's on my definitely on my list this year. I've been kind of waiting. She only has two books out so far, and I'm kind of waiting till more come out because I hate jumping into a series that's not done, which I did that with Akatar because <laughs> it's not done, but I'm. I'm also intimidated. I saw these books at the store and they are huge and I was feeling very intimidated. (laughs) So I haven't read it yet, but it's on my list. Nice. Yeah. I, I would, I would be surprised if that series just doesn't like pick up as in like, she'll start turning around faster, but that's the thing with longer books is they always take longer to write. So I appreciate the time. Yeah, I get it. And you know, yeah, it's a lot easier for us to read them. Yeah. Okay, romance top book of the year is one that I have in common is Book Lovers by Emily Henry. That actually surprises me, not because Book Lovers doesn't have the fad, like most fantastic reviews. I thought the people would come out for the Colleen Hoover book. It ends with us. I'm kind of glad to see that someone other than Colleen Hoover came out on top for this category. <laughs> sure, she's got she's got a million books. It's fine. Have you read It Starts with Us yet? No, I haven't. Either- yeah, I went ahead and bought it because I don't know. I was just feeling like I need to know. And I think I know how I'm I'm going to feel about it. But every time I get judgmental about something that I haven't actually given a shot, I feel really guilty about. So I want to have opinions on it. So therefore I must read it. That's true. That's true. I can't hate something if I haven't read it, but I want to. <laughs> I know. Uh, That's the thing is that I'm so prepared to be because there were some big things that I didn't like about It Ends With Us. Granted, there were some things I liked about it, but there were some big things that I didn't, that I'm guessing are going to continue and probably be more in the focal point for It Starts With Us. And so I started forming these opinions. I'm like, oh, hold on. I have to read it so that it's a valid opinion. Yeah. And so that it can be discussed. If that's something that you want us to read this year, let us know. Because I know our It Ends With Us episode was pretty popular. I know. You guys really liked that one. (laughs) That one, I mean, the Colleen Hoover fans showed up. Mm -hmm. Showed out for that episode. So tell us if you want us to read It Starts With Us, since we haven't yet. Um, Okay, moving on. The top book for for the science fiction genre was called Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel. I've seen this book. I haven't read it. I honestly could not even tell you what it's about. I don't think I read very much science fiction, if ever. So... I am not a sci-fi person. It's not up there for me. <laughs> Even uh, if someone gave me the best recommendation that I trust, and it would be like, I need it to be short then because I don't like science fiction. Yeah, I agree. Um, horror category. The top book was Hidden Pictures by Jason Reculak. I have no idea how to say that last name. This book, actually, we voted on a couple months ago. It was one of the options for our book club book. It sounds kind of dark, but really interesting. I don't know. Like, I'm a thriller girl, but I don't know if I'm a horror reader. So it's not at the top of my list. Similarly, so it's one that intrigued me, but I haven't read a horror book before. I can't even watch horror movies. Horror movies give me nightmares for oh, a yeah. I can't. The last time I watched a horror movie was when I was in, I want to say, eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> a sleepover and they watched one of the paranormal activity movies absolutely not i felt i like went to bed like everyone was up watching the movie and i was like i can't i watched a little bit of i watched maybe 10 minutes and i was like that's it for me 
goodbye, mom, can you pick me up? <laughs> so this wasn't horror movies, but this was the, uh, it was some drug cartel Netflix series or something like that, that my husband would go to bed watching and I wouldn't even watch it, but I just would hear it going to sleep. And then I ha- would have dreams that he's in a cartel getting murdered over, I don't know, cocaine or something. I, I have no idea what this movie, like, this show was actually about, <laughs> but I remember my vivid dreams of my husband being beheaded by the cartel. <laughs> Awful. Awful. Yeah. I can't really do those types of like really intense shows either. Yeah. No, thank you. Okay. This one you might appreciate the top in the humor category is the office BFFs by Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey. Oh, how fun. Yeah. They've been promoting their book a lot. I listened to the office ladies podcast and I've heard them talk about it. I haven't read it. It didn't feel, I mean, maybe it is humorous. I, they're funny people. So maybe it would be. Yeah. I pictured the category of humor being fictitious stories that are humorous. Right. I guess humor, there's a different book for the like memoir autobiography category, which I would have thought that this goes into, but I don't know. Yeah. I wonder what the difference is. Yeah. But but I'd also be curious, like if you listen to the office ladies podcast, how much of this information is new, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay. Just a couple more categories that I want to highlight the top speaking of memoir and autobiography, the top in that category is the Jeanette McCurdy autobiography, I'm Glad My Mom Died, which I saw everywhere. Yes. I have yet to listen to or read. I think she narrates the audiobook, so I might do that. But I haven't been in an emotional place, like a pl- good place emotionally to listen to something like that because I've heard it's pretty heavy. Yeah. No, it was also fed to me everywhere. So good job to um, her marketing team and probably Book Talk. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> I saw it everywhere. Although you and I both saw it everywhere and neither of us chose to actually do something it. about it. Okay. The young adult fiction, the top was the last book in the Inheritance Games series, The Final Gambit. The Inheritance Games is one that I really want to read. I bought the first book. So I'm doing that. I've had a lot of series that I need to tackle. So like, it's a commitment to jump into another series but that one's like towards the top of my list the thing about series for me similar to you how you said you like to jump into series that are completed is that I have difficulty I like reading multiple books at the same time I don't need to just do one and done I I like finishing up a chapter here or a segment or a you know part one and then going to a different book Hmm. however you talked about that I didn't realize that you enjoy doing that yeah I like it however I don't like doing that in series because I think that one of the nice things about series is that you get really just sucked into that world and it makes jumping around to other books super difficult. I don't like doing that when I'm going to go to book to book to book to book. So if I'm reading multiple series at the same time, that would be hard for me because I'd want to give each its own attention at a time. Yeah, that's fair. I don't read multiple series at a time. I, I try not to read multiple books at a time because I don't like to jump back and forth, but I do see the enjoyment in like, if you're reading a fantasy book and a romance book or like, and a something else to like, I, I get the mood reading, whatever you like. Want. Yeah. Um, okay. Last category is young adult fantasy, which is a book called Gallant by V.E. Schwab. V.E. Schwab. I've seen everywhere. She also wrote The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. 
and A Darker Shade of Magic, I think is another one of her books. I have yet to read any of her books, but Gallant, I feel like I haven't seen everywhere. So I'm surprised that it made the awards. The problem about doing People's Choice is that it's usually just the loudest fans, which no no shade at all. Yeah. Having passionate fans is so incredible and an accomplishment, but I don't trust a passionate mob for their recommendation. <laughs> yeah, fair. TikTok has betrayed me several times with books that I've seen everywhere that I go, well, it must be good. False. That is no indication of the, <laughs> whether or not the book is good. <laughs> I know what's been super fun for me doing this podcast with you is finding, starting to figure out each other's preferences. So now there's a certain book where I start reading like, Oh, Caitlin would like this book mm-hmm. or a book that I'm reading. And Oh, Caitlin would not like this, but like learning <laughs> a little bit. In the, and that's something I'm looking forward in 2023 is really developing that radar. We did a TikTok. I don't even know if it counts as a challenge, but there was the one where it's the blinking you blink and then look to camera and you look yeah. back. And you do it three times in a row and you do different glances. One's normal, one's annoyed, and one's help. And Caitlin posted hers and she did her three pieces. And I immediately, I didn't have to rewatch it. I knew what, just a glance, each glance meant immediately. And I'm looking forward to honing that skill with books for you. Yes, I agree. I feel like, like I obviously knew when we started this podcast how much we love books, but I, we reading them together. It's been really fun and fascinating to see just how we respond to different things. So absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of 2023, do you want to talk about goals? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What are some goals for you? So I read 27 books in 2022, which does feel like a lot, but I also felt like I wasn't grinding them out. Like that didn't feel really strenuous. So my reading goal for the year is going to be 40 books. Shoot. So yeah. depend, like there's definitely phases of 2022 where I was reading more and reading less. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about like a similar feel, like if you read this pace for the whole 12 All months right. as opposed to just these years. Yeah. Looking at 2022, I had some major reading slump areas for like a longer period of time. So if I was really reading consistently, I think that I can, I think I can manage 40 books. No, that's awesome for you. Um, <laughs> I'm sticking to my, I want to get 18 books <laughs> in. I that's good. That. So it's actually kind of funny how I arrived there is that if I'm meeting consistently with my in-person book club, we're doing 12 a year. Oh, wait a second. We're oh, shoot. I'm doing 12 a month with them and 12 a month with bookish. That's way more than 18. A minimum of 24. Sometimes we do the same one. Yeah. And sometimes like my in-person will take a break for the summer and not the full summer, but like, we'll do a little bit less. And then same with the holidays. And then sometimes because our, my book club in person is full of (laughs) full-time workers. um, We're not always able to do the full book a month. They like, we'll split it in half. Like, Hey, let's talk about the first half, but I probably should up it to like 20 or 22. I feel like you could definitely do 20. Because even if you did 12 a year, like one a month for book club and one a month for <laughs> us, that's 24. So given yeah. that some breaks or whatever, I think 20. Yeah, that means if, because we'll obviously do 12, which means I just have to meet eight times with book club. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do 20. That's scary. Okay. <laughs> more than you read last year. I know. Yeah. I know, but I, I'm such a 
like goal oriented person. I missed my goal in 2022. I want to make sure I hit 2023. Yeah. And you're like, I don't want to up it and then miss it again. Yeah. No, exactly. Okay. 20. That's Let's good. Let's do a check in at six months and make sure I have 10 done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that's doable. Another goal of mine for the year is to read a little bit more nonfiction. Not a lot. I'm by a little bit more. I mean, like maybe two books. Yeah, that's not my goal. That's good for you, though. Growth. Yeah. Development as a person. Insight. Love that. Yeah. I the only nonfiction that I read currently is like devotionals or like something educational. There's a few like maybe a memoir or an autobiography that I feel like I could. There, ah, there's a book and I didn't put it on my Christmas list, but I thought about it. Lauren Graham from Gilmore Girls, Laura Life from Gilmore Girls put out a new autobiography and I read her first one a few years ago and that was really good. So I might read that. How can you have two autobiographies? Just like different chunks of your career. I think her first one was about like parenthood and Gilmore Girls and like a little bit of that. And I don't know what this one's about. (laughs) I just feel like if it wasn't interesting enough to put it in the first one... (laughs) Hey, I haven't read any of them. Just one girl's opinion. If it wasn't interesting enough to put in the first book, maybe don't put it in your second autobiography. Unless you're that cool. And you should be asking yourself with the mirror in front of your face. Am I that interesting that I need two autobiographies? I'm not interesting enough to have one. So <laughs> they might not be, they might not be full autobiographies. They might just be like, like some people put out a book and it's like their philosophy on one thing. And it's, you know, like a little perspective. It's not like a whole thing. Her first one was called talking as fast as I can. I remember reading that one. This one is like, yeah, I know. Very good. More. This one was personal essays, like about her life during parenthood, Gilmore girls, that kind of stuff. Why are you rolling your eyes? Who chose the phrase personal essays? Uh, Google. So yeah, someone someone signed off on the description of personal essays? Yeah. And a collection of personal essays. The beloved star of Gilmore Girls and Parenthood reveals stories about life, love, and working as a woman in Hollywood. Along with, I can't read. Maybe I have to read this book so I can be as judgmental as I'm feeling. (laughs) Like, I don't know why you sound, along with behind the scenes dispatches from the set of the new Gilmore Girls. Oh, this was during, this is in 2016. So this is like when the reboot came out. Um, okay. where she plays the fast talking Laura like Gilmore once again. So she's like, yeah, it's like behind the scenes. It's probably similar to the office girls or whatever that one's called office BFFs. Didn't read that one either. Well, I know feeling very judgmental. Yeah. I don't know why you can't speak when you haven't read. If you haven't read anything in this category, Kendra, stop judging the book by its cover. I love judging books by their cover. This one, okay, but funny enough, listen to this, you little judger. Have the, her second book is called "Have I Told You This Already?" Question mark Stories I don't want to forget to remember. So okay, that's kind of cute. Good some. So I guess there were some things that she left out and forgot about or saved for her second book. You know, you got to think about these things. Don't put it all in one book. You got to sell another book. Yeah. If well, we'll see. So I was kind of. My trust has been shaken. When do you remember when Harper Lee released or their the family released as like a secondary work of hers for Go Set a Watchman to go run off of to kill a mockingbird? I don't remember when this came out. What did they put out? Like a so 
so the family of Harper Lee, yeah. as they were just going through her, you know, their, their things found old like manuscripts for another book for To Kill a Mockingbird, mm-hmm. like more, more to it. And so they worked with the publisher and all of the works and the notes to put it together to, 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 you know, send it out to publication, which they did. It was all there and it was on the up and up and et cetera. But it was presented as like another Harper Lee book, the, the book we never thought we'd get, like, you know, all of the things, super excited about it. Well, it was like the, like the, the other parts of the stories of, of To Kill a Mockingbird. And what it turned out is that, like, it was a setting of, like, almost a first draft to Kill a Mockingbird. And then the publishers looked at it and said, like, hey, like, these stories of, like, their childhood, like, this really resonates. Try writing more on that. And it was from those notes that to Uh Kill a Mockingbird was written from. So it kind of was the stuff that the publishers were like, this is my least favorite part. (laughs) Yeah, that feels weird. Right. So so ever since then, when someone feels the need to do a part two, it's like, hey, if it wasn't good enough for part one, it probably wasn't. (laughs) Okay, that's fair, given that perspective. But I feel like autobiographies might be a little bit, or memoirs or whatever we want to call them, might be a little bit different. Especially because these people are still alive. So I guess there is new content available for There's a whole other chunk of their life to talk about. Well, you should read it and let me know. I will. Um, tell me about so that's my goal is to read a little bit more nonfiction, and by that I mean maybe one to two books what about you so mine's similar but not nonfiction. I actually put down that I want to read four different genres as at least I kind of get into a rut of only reading what I like which isn't necessarily bad but I'd like to expand it a little bit and <laughs> if I'm going to be surprised about liking something I didn't know that would be exciting too so I want to make sure that I hit multiple genres, so I'm making sure that I'm hitting four. Good. What are your current genres? I like historical fictions and thrillers, and I really just stay in that. Okay. Yeah, I I am more of a romance and fantasy gal. I need, I really do want to, that's probably a goal for me, is I do want to read more thrillers, because of the maybe three or four that I've read, I haven't been super, super impressed. Mm. So I want one that's going to, like, absolutely blow my socks off i was saying the thrillers on here were the maidens and we were never here which were good but they're not like how we walked away with the rose code so okay. they are good but as you're looking for them i wouldn't if you need it to be like that level i obviously it was only four and five and the rose code was one so keep that in mind yeah all right so I that's my it. goals for 2023 is that i want to do 20 books just change that breaking news 20 books and hit four different genres that's good I like it. Those are good goals. Mine are 40 books and maybe nonfiction. <laughs> maybe. Let's do a check-in. I'm serious. Six okay. months in, maybe like July or something, which I know is like seven. But either way, June or July, let's do a check-in and give an update on book count and genres. Smart. I like it. Let's do it. Yay. Well, January 2nd. Whole year ahead of us. Whole year ahead of us. Lots of books to read at least 12 of them for us. So if you have anything that you're dying to read or dying for us to read and talk about, let us know. Tell us your goals for the year. I want to hear how many books you want to read. Maybe you're in that hundred book a year club. (laughs) (laughs) My guess, maybe they are. If they're listening to a book podcast. (laughs) They're probably a frequent reader. (laughs) (laughs) Also, speaking of 
we've announced our January book for book club. You should go to our Instagram bio to see what it is, figure out what our book we're reading for this month, check in, and you'll be able to listen to that shortly here in January. Yeah. So happy reading and happy new year. Woohoo! Bye guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to continue the discussion, check out our community pages linked in our show notes. If you love this podcast, leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback and thoughts. While you're at it, share this with a friend. Thanks for listening.